0: To think big, too big, too big. But tomorrow can be bigger. Just grow, let the world overflow. Yeah, live a life bigger than yourself. You're creative.
1: Hello, we're so glad that you joined us today. This is the Live Big broadcast with Derek Greer. We believe that this teaching from God's Word will empower you to live a full, impactful life in Christ. As always, you can access this teaching and more for free on our YouTube channel at Grace Church VA TV. Let's get into the Word as we continue the teaching from our previous broadcast.
0: Jesus said, listen. Pilate don't be tripping I could call a legion of angels if I don't want to be here I won't be here <laughs> Mark 14 65 then some began to spit on Jesus and they blindfolded him and they began to beat him that's hard for me but he didn't hit him back at least you know put some swords on him or something you know Make, make you know, the fingers fall off and then heal them again or something. <laughs> but he let him hit him and get away with it. And then they began to completely ridicule him, saying, prophesy. You're supposed to be a prophet. Prophesy. Tell us which one hits you. And the officers struck him with the palms of their hands. I like Jesus, at least do a little something but Jesus is not like you and me. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus said to the Father, not my will, but thine be done. He was committed to a program bigger than any petty personal vengeance. Luke twenty-two, sixty-three. 63. Now the man who held Jesus mocked him. See, a lot of us could take Pain better than mocking but they mocked him you need to understand Jesus is God but he's God taken on flesh he's God with humanity added to him so we find him getting tired we find him getting hungry so as a human being he had to deal with mocking his emotions had to handle that I know for me I would have come down I, even, even if I was going to finish the cross thing, I'd be like, let me come down for a minute. I'll be right back. <laughs> I am not Jesus. Do not get confused. Mark 15, 31. I'm, I'm trying to learn to be more like him, though. Please don't. I'm trying. I'm getting there. I'm better. I'm better. Likewise, the chief priests also. Now, these are his quote-unquote peers. These are his fellow ministers. Mocking among themselves, whispering. He saved others. Himself he can't say. Why he do a miracle now? So big with the miracles. He's supposed to, you know, cast out demons, cast out the demons now. You know, you know, and just mocking and, and Jesus as a human knows their thoughts. And he doesn't come down. Back to Judges 16, 25. And they station him between the pillars, just like Jesus. Jesus was positioned by his enemies in a place that unwittingly would cause his total victory. Jesus did not nail the nails in his own hands. Jesus did not make the Sanhedrin and, and Pilate and those, you know, go in the wrong direction and say he was guilty. The trap that they set for Jesus, actually they were in. And they stationed Jesus, or I'm sorry, Samson between the pillars. And the Philistines were totally unaware, just like the Romans and and the Jewish leaders, were totally unaware of the victory that would follow. And even things that seem like our failure, God can work for good. So then Samson, he's everything set up, said to the lad who held him by the hand, let me feel the pillars which support the temple so that I can lean on him. So Samson stretched out his arms just like Jesus would. Now the temple was as full of men and women. Women, All the lords of the Philistines were there, about 3,000 men and the women on the roof watching while Samson performed. I want them to show you something of what that looked like. Yep, there's something of a standing room only. Everyone's watching and gawking and mocking and laughing. Verse 28, then Samson called to the Lord. You may be blind. You may be shackled. You may be hemmed in on every side. You might even deserve it. He deserved it. But if you call on that name above every name that can be named, Samson called on that name. Then Samson called to his God, his Lord, saying, oh, Lord God. In the Hebrew here, we, we see three names of God written. L-O with the capital R, that's Yahweh or Jehovah. Lord is Adonai in God, Elohim. So, Samson called God by his first, middle, and last name, if you will. And when you finally get out of your own strength and let the Holy Spirit pray through you, cycles will be broken. Strongholds will collapse. Heaven and earth will marvel at the power of God released. But you have to be free of your own strength, your own abilities. And he cried out to his God. On Wednesday, in Bible study, I, I saw a part of it, and Elder Terry, I don't know if she got to this piece, but she was in the book of Revelations, and she was talking about how in both the Psalms and in the book of Revelations that the incense represents the prayers of the saints, and I don't know if she brought the point out, but what I know about incense is in order for an incense to burn, there has to be fire. Your prayer is not really a prayer until it's lit. <laughs> Somebody caught that. And you know what? I'll, you know, we we got we to get past those fleshly prayers. See, some, some, a lot of times I pray, but when I when I when I sense His fire, see, I, I pray, and sometimes it's and sometimes it's not. But when the Holy Spirit takes hold of that thing, <laughs> and fire from heaven falls yeah. in that closet in that prayer room, there's power that I can't explain. The day of Pentecost. They've been praying for days, 120. Finally, finally, the Bible says suddenly, a sound, a roar from heaven came. And and fire like tongues sat on each of their heads. They prayed till the fire came we have lost that in the house of God. We pray till we're satisfied, but we're not pray until the fire comes, until God consumes our sacrifice, until God shows up in our prayers. In the book of Acts, they prayed many days. And then the fire fell. But some of us, if we don't pray five times and get the answer in five minutes, we're done with this prayer thing. It was days before the fire came. And there's some things you got to lean into God in order for him to release the fire. You see, when Elijah was on that mountain, first he repaired the altar. And I feel like this is what these messages have been doing the last two weeks, repairing the altar. That's good, that's good. And then he put a sacrifice on it and then a whole bunch of water surrounding it so that no one would think it's fake. Because it was hot and it was a drought and no one think that this just spontaneously happened. And he had to, you know, wait on God. He had to go, there was a, there was a period before the fire fell. But first, you got to rebuild your altar. Second, you got to present your body as a living sacrifice. Then, in due time, the fire will fall. But we have lost the art of prayer, we we have lost waiting on the Lord. We've lost the practice of doing what's, uh, what's necessary for us to do before God does what He does. Then Samson called to the Lord saying, Oh Lord God, remember me, I pray. A sinful leader, a poor excuse of a man, returned to God in prayer and it changed everything. Everything, everything. He said, strengthen me, I pray. You see, when God forgives you, You also got to forgive yourself. Most of us be like, Lord, I messed up too many times. It wasn't just Delilah. It was the the prostitute at Gehazi. It was this one before and and that one. And and you know stuff that ain't even recorded in the book that I did. But he prayed like he was someone God would hear. One of the things that distinguished the early apostles from everybody else, early in the book of Acts, they, 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 they were about to beat the disciples, and they said they knew they had been with Jesus because of their boldness. If you really get around Jesus, it'll create a boldness with God. You won't pray those weak prayers. There would be a bold, matter of fact, he stood before Lazarus's tomb. He talked to God, he said, listen, God, I'm about to pray this out loud for their benefit. Because when I pray, I know you always hear me, but I'm going to say this out loud. And then he said, Lazarus, come for, there was a boldness about Jesus. And if you're really around Jesus, there'll be a boldness about you. He says, strengthen me, I pray, just this once, O God, that I may with one blow take vengeance on the Philistine for my two eyes. In the Psalms chapter 17, David prayed, he said, God, keep me as the apple of your eye. And listen, in the Old Testament, God's enemies were physical. So God had to deal with the, the, the physical inhabitants of the promised land to get them into the promised land. The difference between the Old Testament and the New Testament, other than the blood of Christ and some tremendous promises, is the fact the old covenant promised, the promise of Abraham, or to Abraham, amongst other things, was that he would have a land or go to a land which God would show him that would become his. So because it was a physical land, God had to show up and deal with physical enemies. But Jesus teaches us his kingdom doesn't come with observation. It doesn't have latitude or longitude. It doesn't have geographical location. The kingdom in the New Testament is spiritual. So God doesn't necessarily have to kill people. We're dealing with demons. We're dealing with things in people's minds. We're dealing with spirits. The the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God for tearing down what? Stronghold. It's not about taking a knife to cut somebody. That's why he said, Peter, man, come on, all this time I've been teaching, you're still cutting people's ears off. Peter, he picked the ear, put it back on the head. Listen, the kingdom's not coming this way. It's spiritual. You understand what I'm saying? So Peter was trying to apply Old Testament principles in a new covenant situation. So he, he's praying for vengeance. But, 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 but who are our enemies today? It's not flesh and blood. It's principalities, powers, rulers of darkness in this world, spiritual wickedness in heavenly places. Our enemies are spiritual. And this is pointing to what Jesus did at the cross. He totally annihilated, defeated our enemies. The reason why we celebrate Juneteenth is in part because Abraham Lincoln freed the slaves, but the news didn't get to Texas. Did y'all hear what I said? Jesus defeated the devil at Calvary. And I'm here today to bring the good news to Woodbridge, to everyone streaming that we are free. The victory's been won. You don't have to be oppressed, you don't have to be sick, you don't have to be bound. You can be free. Whom the sun sets free is free indeed. You are free, the devil's lying to you. He's hoodwinked you, he's bamboozled you. The only reason he got you because you don't know. And then actually, some of the the, the, the general there in, in Texas, from my recollection, he didn't really want to let those slaves go. No, no. Abraham Lincoln had to send his troops, so don't mess with me. Come on. God set me free, and if I start acting on my liberty, whatever troop it takes, God will send it to keep me free. Mm -hmm. Strengthen me, I pray, just this once, oh God, just one one more time, God, that I may with one blow take vengeance on the Philistine for my two eyes. God knows how to deal with the devil. And Samson took hold of the two middle pillars, pointing to Jesus, which supported the temple, and braced himself against it, one on his right and the other on his left. Then Samson said, let me die with the Philistines, just as Samson's victory would cost him his life. Jesus' victory would cost him his life. Story goes, a man asked Jesus how much he loved him. And with nail-scarred hands, he stretched out his arms and said this much. Let me die with the Philistines. And he pushed with all his might. The ending of Jesus' life on the cross. It said he cried out with a loud voice. To tell us that it is finished. When you're on the cross, you could, you, you, you're hung, and, and there's all stuff filling your lungs, there's blood, there's a whole thing, there's just too much to talk about. But in order to breathe, you had to push up on your feet to catch your breath. And his feet were nailed. The cross was rugged and splintered. And in order to speak loudly, you had to breathe in deep, which means he had to push up hard. And he pushed with all his might, pointing us to Jesus. Some of the things that God wants for you will take all of you. Some of the things God wants to do through you will take all of you. And my problem sometimes, I don't want to give them all that. You know, I'm pretty good going this far, but I'm not doing all that. That's a little bit too much, Lord. But if you want God to do everything through you that's for you, at times it's going to take all of you. And I know when I was young, I thought I was something, man. I thought, you you know, I'm going to do this thing called life. But then I had some days. Some of them days took everything in me. And God has assigned us in his wisdom some days that will take all of you to get to the other side of them. So what God does is he'll lead you into seasons that will take all of you so he can give you all of him. And when it's all of you dedicated to him, there's no landing pad for the adversary. Do you get what I'm... He pushed with all his might and the temple fell on the Lord's and all the people who were in it. His enemies were crushed. So this is important. So the dead that he killed at his death were more than he had killed in his life. As wonderful as Jesus' life was, his life itself did not redeem us. He did more in his death than even his life. Think of the miracles. The deliverance. More in his death than in his life. It's a little bit like when we receive communion. Actually, Jesus said in John chapter 6, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no part of me. And people walked away from it said, you're crazy. You're crazy. A sheep is beneficial both in life and death, but mostly in death. In life, a sheep can give us his wool or her wool. It can keep us warm. It can keep us clothed. But it's through the death of a lamb that he gives us meat so we can live another day. Jesus' teaching gives us wool, gives us warmth, gives us life, teaches us how to live. But his death is our life. His death is the thing we receive of and benefit Problem. So, the dead he killed at his death were more than he had killed in his life. If Jesus could feed a multitude with five loaves and two fish, imagine what he can do with a surrendered life. May our prayer this morning be God, give me strength to break free of everything breaking me. I want you to notice what the Lord's been doing the last couple weeks. A lot of folks have taken the cross out of Christianity where they teach, you know, how to live a better life. But Jesus said, unless you take up the cross and follow me, you can't be my disciple. And we've taken out the cross. And the Lord wants to, it's for our protection. It's because he loves us. The only way a person like me can go to the cross if God helps me. And each, we, we all have different crosses in our lives to bear. And God sets them in our way so we could depend on him. You see, the, the, the thing is, when I, when I said that, you're just thinking about Friday. The cross is Friday. But you have to go through the cross to get to Sunday, which is resurrection. So, if I just preach to you resurrection and the power of God without talking to you about Friday. You're going to be discouraged. You're not going to understand what's happening in your life. You're not going to get it. Jesus said, the Bible says this about Jesus. He endured the cross. He he despised the shame of the cross for the joy that was set before him. Well, God doesn't want anything in this world to be more important than the joy that God has for you. And as long as it's more important, you're in a fragile situation. your, Your choices will not be right until you realize the only thing that really matters is the will of God. Jesus said, not my will be done, but thine. And what God, I believe, has been saying to all of us collectively and corporately is I'm not talking about popular Christian religion. I'm not talking about what's said on TV and radio. I'm talking about what I've taught in my book. Unless you're willing to take up a cross and follow me, you cannot be my disciple. And we're going to have to recognize in life there are going to be barriers. And when they come, that doesn't mean God doesn't love us. He's not for us. It just means that we got to hold on and God will get us to the other side. There will be a Sunday morning. There will be resurrection. But you got to first go through the cross. You hear what I'm saying? And, and listen, don't, that allergy to tough stuff that we're developing as a nation is, is destroying us. We, 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 we got to recognize that stuff is going to happen. Yes. But if we're faithful to our God, he will see us through. May our prayer this morning be, God, give me strength to break free of everything that's breaking me. Imagine if Samson would have prayed that prayer. The narrative would have been different. Imagine if you would have prayed that prayer years ago and meant it. Situations in your life would have been different. God is saying, I want you to pray from the bottom of your heart. Matter of fact, say it with me, God, give me the strength to break free of everything breaking me. God, give me the strength to break free of everything breaking me. One more time. God, give me the strength to break free of everything breaking me. Hallelujah. In the things I'm saying, do you hear God calling all of us to repentance? All of us to a change of heart and mind? All of us not to take His grace for granted? All of us to, to live lives that please Him and that ultimately free us?
1: You've been listening to Live Big with Bishop Derek Greer. We pray that God's Word has equipped you to think big, do big, and live big in a way that your life overflows and blesses those around you. If you want to learn more about becoming a Christian or you feel that you need to rededicate your life to Christ, we want to walk you through the steps to do so. Go to gracechurchva.org slash salvation to find out more and watch videos from Bishop Greer that will guide you into your life in Christ. Again, that's gracechurchva.org slash salvation. That's our time for today. Until next time, remember... You have what it takes in Christ to live big.